Welcome back to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. I'm your host, Aaron Gray. And on today's episode, I traveled out to the E-Bar-U Ranch to interview Dave Kane. Dave is a fourth generation cattle rancher, is the current first vice president of the Wyoming Stock Growers Association. In June of this year, he will become the acting president of the association. He's also a father, grandfather, husband, and more. In his interview, we discuss the history and issues of the Wyoming Stock Growers Association and the importance of livestock producers and agriculture in Wyoming. Listen for Dave's nuggets on leaving a legacy, whether that is family legacy, business legacy, or both. You can hear his passion and what he does and why he participates in the Wyoming Stock Growers Association. Dave is an embodiment of what it means to be Go Be Wyoming. He loves what he does. He he works with livestock and agriculture and is continuing on his family legacy as well as passing it on to his son, Nate. Um, so here's our interview with Dave Kane. And welcome in, listeners. We call them uh, the Wyoming knuckleheads, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I'll get right in. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, we have to, it's bad if we have to explain the joke, but since Governor Gordon called us knuckleheads yep. during COVID, so we're like, we're all knuckleheads. But anyways, <laughs> it's probably a bad joke that we have to uh, explain it. But um, today I'm sitting down with Dave Kane, currently is still the vice president um, to the Wyoming Stock Growers Association. But in June, you will be the president of the Stock Growers Association. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. Thank you for letting us come by. We're here at your uh, the EU Ranch. E-Bar-U. E-Bar-U. Sorry, E-Bar-U Ranch. Um, it's, uh, I was a little nervous. I was like, because we got snow, and I was like, I don't know how bad it's going to be, but it's actually turning out to be a wonderful day out here. Yeah. So thanks for letting us stop by and uh, sit down and learn a little bit more about the Stock Growers Association. Well, glad you came. So uh, we were just talking off air about kind of the um, inception of the association, but uh, it started in 1872, and its main purpose when it what came about was uh, preserving kind of the cattle industry um, and property rights. Is that kind of about, am I summing that up well? Yeah, yeah. It was it was the issues of the day that, that affected the the livestock industry at that time. Okay. And that was to preserve and protect it. Yep. Awesome. Cattle rustling was a big deal then, so that was a, a big issue that they sure. handled. Sure, sure. And would you say, I mean, times change a lot, but would you still say that's kind of the uh, overarching purpose of the Stockers Association now? Yes. Okay. It, it is. Yep. Awesome. The, some of the issues have changed. Some of them haven't changed a bit. Right. But yep, they still still tackle the issues. Yeah. And your little cheat sheet, I saw that you know, branding. I mean, that's still, which you're, you know, talking about cattle wrestling and, and yep. that's, that's still kind of an issue. Um, you know, that's one of your guys's focus in that, in that pamphlet there. But, um, so tell me a little bit about your history with the association. I kind of wanted to dive into, you know, how long have you been a member? Um, and then, um, you know, you have to serve kind of a little bit as vice president sounds like until you can, um, you know, maybe serve as president. So talk a little bit about, uh, maybe why you joined the Stock Growers Association? Well, in my case, the Stock Growers has been something that's, that we've been in, my family's been involved in since before I was born. Okay. My grandfather was very active in it. And then my father was, was actually a, a past president of okay. the Wyoming Stock Growers in the 80s. 
And when I came back to the ranch and I saw the value in the, in the association. And so I started attending the, the meetings and then, then I was asked to serve on some committees and which I did. And then I was asked to be a, a regional vice president, which I, I did. And then uh, a couple of years ago, they asked if I would be willing to step into the, the leadership role more. And Wonderful. Became first vice president, which is two ter- two years, and then you you go on to be and president. president. Gotcha. Um, talk a little bit about what's it what's it involved to be kind of a regional, and then like the committees. You know, so what's that all entail? Okay, so so the committee the committee work of the association is is uh, there's there's a whole bunch of different committees that address specific topics. Egg tax and finance would be one. Brand inspection is one. Health is one. Mm-hmm. Li- livestock health. Yep. Um, <clears throat> federal lands is one. Private lands, there's, there's several. And so then as, as a committee chair or vice chair, you run those c- uh, committee meetings okay. and, and address those issues that pertain to your committee at uh, each con- uh, summer and winter convention. Okay. And out of those then, out of those committees is how you develop your policy which then gives direction to the officers on how they address those issues. Gotcha. So you don't just have officers going out and giving their opinion. They are actually uh, deciding things based on the policy that is voted on by the membership. Yep. And so that's, that's what the committee chairs do and vice chairs. Gotcha. And then as the, as the regional vice presidents, the regional reps... There's five, about, depending on the population of ag in each counties. Okay. But there's three to five counties represent a region. Mm-hmm. Region one is where we are here, and that would be Sheridan, Campbell, Weston, Crook. And I'm missing one. Okay. Northeastern. North, pretty much northeastern Wyoming. Okay. Uh, minus Johnson County now. It used to be, but because of the, the makeup of membership we put johnson county to a different region gotcha because of numbers okay so but then they as a regional vice rep you are actually part of the leadership team and you handle um issues pertaining to your region gotcha okay that's kind of the go between yeah nice so yeah it's like you said the officers don't just get to go do their own decisions. You know, this has been, you know, summer and winter conventions and meetings and, yeah. and then that's kind of how the policy gets, you know, uh, developed. Um, I kind of want to actually go back. I kind of, uh, sorry, I kind of skipped this whole part, but, um, where are you originally from? And then you talked about your family, you know, um, your, I think you said your grandfather was a president, a past president. My that, father. Your father was a past president. Um, so are you a, I meant to ask you this like right off the bat, so I apologize. Are you a third generation um, cattleman or fourth generation? So you're fourth generation, and then so Nate's a fifth generation. That's correct. That's amazing. My great grandfather homesteaded here in Sheridan County in in 1882. Wow. He uh, out at the foot of the mountains, uh, Big Goose Canyon. Okay. Is where the original Kane homestead was. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so so Nate's a fifth generation, you're a fourth generation. Yep. That's amazing. Um, I should have started off with that first, but anyways. Um, so talk a little bit about, so yeah, your family's obviously been heavily involved. Um, what are some values that you've seen? You know, obviously you're in the, you're in the leadership now, but, um, you know, as a member, what, what is something that you can remember growing up that you were like, yeah, there's, there's, there's value in, in the association, um, or just something that you remember that you're like, I want to serve or lead in the association. I I think the value that I, that I first really 
saw was was probably my father going to these meetings. And, and when he got into leadership, he was actually attending meetings statewide and nationally. I mean, okay. He was going to Washington, D.C. He was meeting with our congressional delegation. And and then, of course, I was privy to the the, the issues that they were that were being discussed being discussed at that time. Right. And they were important to the industry. Mm-hmm. And so you realize that, well, one of my favorite sayings is if, if you're not at the table, then you're probably on the menu. And, and I think that is so true in agriculture. If you don't, if, if they're going to start bashing agriculture, or they're going to run jam stuff down your throat. If you don't stand up and explain why that's not a good idea or just let it happen, mm-hmm. whose fault is that? Right. So, and I think the stock wars is, is the mechanism that, that, a, that speaks for the producers is at the table. Right. And, and if you're not, yeah. don't complain. Well, and that's, I think you're, you know, and, and it, it doesn't have to be a bad thing too. Like, I think that analogy is great in regards to, you know, maybe it is an idea that the stock growers could, you know, whatever it is, whatever the policy is. But like you said, if you're not at the table, then they're just going to, you know, they're just going to run with it because you're not there speaking well, and, up. And, and I think it's not, it's not all on the, defense, on the defensive. Right, yeah. So, you need to advocate for yourself. Yep. And and that's a big part of it. So you need to be out there and you need to say, this is a, this is good, this is why. When we get down to the Wyoming legislature, and our exec is, is top notch, uh, Wyoming stockholders are very respected in mm-hmm. the Wyoming legislature. And the legislators often look up the Wyoming stockholders and say, what do you think about this? Before legislation is ever uh, right. introduced, what do you think about this? And we have input way before it's voted on. Right. Um, we've had instances where they would say, we, we go, we, we take stuff and, and, and try to get it passed. Yeah. And they'll say, Oh, good idea. Right. You write the bill and then we'll discuss it. Right. And so we, we have that, um, respect, respect at the legislature. And we have the, the connections with the legislators that they have confidence in, in what we say. Right. Knowing that we're representing the ag industry. Mm-hmm. And well, so that, and that helps. And, you know, the first thing we were talking about is kind of like how, you know, how do, how does the association come to a policy decision? And I mean, it's not like, like we said, it's not just the leadership guys getting together and saying, Hey, this, you know, it, it comes from the members and it comes from the regional and then, you know, the convention meetings and then there, then the, the officers are like, okay, this is where, so yeah. it's not like you're just, you know, the boards are just sitting there and like, this is what we're going to do. So oh. I think that, I think that speaks to the respect too, is like, look, it, it is the real voice of, you know, um, you know, the ranching community or the ag community. So, and, and there's, there are certain issues that are discussed a lot. I mean, it's not necessarily 100% agreed upon, but it, but it's, it's talked over, it's voted on and it's, it's yeah. what, what we feel is best. Right. Right. Well, and, and that's, that's always the best, uh, discussion is always helpful. Yes. Conversations are, yeah. Cause it, like you said, yeah, there's probably, um, there's probably multiple topics that probably get brought up every year that always have to be discussed, I would imagine, at the conventions and so things like that. So it's interesting that the, the Stock Wars puts out a, a quarterly uh, magazine. Okay. And it's really interesting to go back and look at those 50 years ago. We're talking the same, same stuff on a lot of stuff. <laughs> it just sometimes it just never goes away. Right. But you can't ignore it. Yeah. Well, and like, uh, let's talk about the branding because I think some people may not realize that that's a an issue, um, for livestock, you know, especially like, um, I'm assuming that the branding stuff is a, um, 
you know, a wrestling thing if someone's stealing livestock. Is that why that that's still kind of an issue today is well, how do, how do brand inspectors stop somebody or, um, dive into that? Cause that was one I saw right off the bat and I was like, Oh man, you we're in 2021. You'd think we'd have some way of, you know, eliminating that, but, um, well, branding in Wyoming, legal proof of ownership is a brand. Mm-hmm. A brand on a cow is, is your ownership. You, you, you own a brand. It is registered with the state of Wyoming for that location on a critter. And so if you put that brand on the right location, then that would, that's your, your cow. Right. Unless you don't own that cow when you brand her. Mm-hmm. That's called rustling. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, and, and we have brand inspectors that by law, if you change ownership, if I sell a cow to you, then I have to have a brand inspection that says, I sell this cow to Aaron. Gotcha. And, and you will have a piece of paper that proves that. So if you have a cow with my brand, and they say, wait a minute, that's not your cow. And you say, well, I have, I have this piece of paper, a brand inspection that says so. Okay. So in the, on a bigger scale, when we, when we sell our cattle to a, a buyer, right. then the brand inspector has to be here before they're loaded on a truck to, to be moved across it, the state line. Yep, and verified. And Actually, to go across the county line, you have to have an inspection. Right, okay. So that's what that's about. But just recently, there was a challenge that law enforcement did not have the right to stop somebody to check brand inspections to mm. see if they're transporting cattle or horses. Horses fall into that too, or, and sheep. Yeah. Um, he challenged whether that was legal for them to stop someone without cause. And he lost. Right. But it's being appealed, I think, again. He lost in the first appeal. Mm. But that, that, is, that was a challenge that it's like, well, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that's what that, so, and see, I think right there, I think we're all on the same page. I think that's <laughs> like you said, he lost that first appeal. So, um, well, interesting. So I didn't know that was, um, well, and that, that speaks why it's an issue is, so you've got somebody that's not really understanding, um, that process. And then, well, and then some I, other I people think, probably don't understand the process. I think it was, he did understand it. He got caught with some horses without a brand inspection. Gotcha. That's when he chose to challenge it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he lost the first one. So <laughs> um, let's talk. We were talking about this too, and maybe you can um, explain this too, since since you guys are, are out here. Um, we had in August we had Representative Cyrus Western on, and we talked about this a little bit about corner hopping mm-hmm. and kind of um, the issue some people may have, especially like with state land or say some BLM land, um, that could be landlocked or something like that, or like, um, somebody's traversing across and they can't really get, you know, they have to corner hop if anyone's, um, following that, uh, um, geometry. Um, you know, talk a little bit about how, what's maybe not your stance, but just, you know, what are possible solutions to that issue of like corner hopping and hunting or, and just really just access in general it doesn't have to be hunting. You know, access is, is tough. Yep. I mean, it, it's a, it's a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are, well, almost everybody is passionate one way or another. I mean, you have private property rights, you have public land and people view them differently. Right. And, when you have the corner hopping thing is people who can, can't access public land without actually going over a corner of private property, private property. Mm-hmm. and 
therein lies the the big issue. Yep. And it's it's all about trespass. And how do you handle it and what do you do with it? Yep. And it's it's a it's touchy. Yeah. But private property rights are one of the most important rights of any landowner and it not just ranchers. If you own a house in, in town, I don't think you want somebody just crossing through your backyard because it's closer to go to the neighbors. Yep. That's that's your property. Yep. And maybe ranchers have bigger backyards, but it's private property. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it needs to be treated as private property and, and people need to look at it that way. Yes. And not not that okay, that rancher has several thousand acres, it doesn't shouldn't matter. It it that the the size doesn't matter. Correct. Yeah, I don't care if it's one acre or ten acres or ten thousand acres. Yep. It's private property. You mm-hmm. own it and you should be able to to control that. Yeah. Absolutely. And and, and I and I, I think that's a problem that that's a way people don't look at it that way. Yeah. It's di- they, I think in their mind it, it's different because you have more. Yeah. Well, it's not different. Yeah. It if, yeah. if you had three houses, it's still every one of them has a backyard, and it's it's your house. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Well, and you know, and Cyrus brought that up, and then you know, it's um, you know, people always use the uh, you know, well, it's state land. You know, I have a right to that state land, and it's like, well, you know, I understand that, but we've got you know a private pro- you know we got private property there that we have to uh, respect. So anyway, so we we were talking about we haven't seen what that proposed bill was, but I wanted your. Um, thoughts on the cor- the corner hopping thing and um another thing cyrus had mentioned was you know fences because you know as you know being a fourth generation you know the fences usually you know they're probably not 100 percent on the line most of the time and then that's another issue that can be brought up when some you know if someone's you know corner hopping or whatever you know the fence could be you know one way or the other and cyrus had mentioned like if we're going to try and address this issue you know there's going to be money involved because you're going to have to probably you know, put up fence, you know, and the fence are going to have to be. So anyways, I wanted your thoughts on that too. Cause I mean, there's a, there's a cost to anything we try and do, you know, the quote unquote fix, fix the issue. Yeah. Um, well, and the fencing deal. Okay. So there, there are a lot of state parcels that aren't accessible, right? They're landlocked. Mm-hmm. need to land. And a lot of the state parcels aren't fenced separately. We, we have, I have a lot of state parcels that aren't fenced separately. Right. But they're way out here. I mean, there's a whole bunch of private land between them and anything. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're not, they're not marked by a fence. Right. Um, they're, they're just, I kind of know where they're at. Yep. But I couldn't tell you to the inch because they're not fenced. Yeah. And another thing, out here in, in range country, most fences are really not online in right. a lot of places. Exactly. A lot of it was for convenience, for maintenance, rather than put a fence up and down a, a steep draw. They may go crossways here and you'll have 10 acres in me and 20 acres over here. And But in the end, it comes out pretty close. The yeah. old timers were pretty sharp. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But but the, it's not uncommon for fences not to be totally online. Right. And that's And I think that's what Cyrus was mentioning is like, look, like, if whatever we propose to fix this problem, like if that's what we, 
you know, and who knows what his proposal was, but I think some people had proposed like fencing off these state sections, which you're like, okay, I mean, who, who's going to pay not, for that? Yeah, you're not going to go out there, like, right? You know, because, and then one, it's hurting your rangeland because now you've got these parcels all, you know, going through these. So, anyway, so that was his. So, we'll see um, kind of what he proposed, but uh, that's something that you guys obviously have. Um, you know, been discussing, you know, I saw that was kind of in your guys' uh, thing in there, but yeah. um, let's see, I'm trying to think of... Um, well, back to the fencing before we yes, leave that. Yeah. Uh, and people need to realize it's easy to suggest fencing. That is expensive. Yes. When you start building a new fence, um, that's a huge expense for whoever. I don't. Whoever's going to build it is going to... Yeah. That doesn't happen by itself. Well, and like you were talking about, you know, the... Uh, th- there's some terrain issues you got to, you yeah, know. Topography is critical in a lot of places. Yep. Yeah. So just because the, you know, the line is straight there doesn't mean the terrain's going to be <laughs> nice and flat there either. In fact, if you're putting it online, it probably isn't in a very good spot. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, some how do I put this in a way that doesn't offend anybody? But like, um, I was seeing in there that you guys are also at the table in regards to some national, um, um, like BLM and like kind of, I don't want to say the endangered species, but, um, you guys do kind of help in regards to like how that would affect, uh, livestock and ranchers too. Um, so kind of speak a little bit about that. Cause I know that's, um, it was one of those things, part of your analogy about if we're not at the table, um, they're just going to run things through. And I think that comes from the federal level more so. And and especially like the endangered species, like when they just run, um, me being in oil and gas, the big ones always sage grouse to me. Like, I'm just like, well, did you guys talk to, you know, the, the stock growers association? Cause that affects them too, when it comes down to stuff like that. So maybe speak on kind of, if there's something that comes to your mind there. Oh yeah. So, Stockers has been very involved with the wolves, the grizzly bears, and the sage grouse, mm-hmm. as well as the was it the mountain plover in southeastern Wyoming. Okay, but several. But uh, Wyoming stockers was, was one of the leaders in the CCCAs, the conservation with assurances. I can't remember the exact. It's an acronym, but okay. it it that's the reason that they didn't get listed as an endangered species. Okay. The Wyoming Stockworks was instrumental in that. They convinced the the federal agencies, BLM in particular, mm-hmm. that let us do it this way. And they they designated a bunch of habitat and had landowners agree with these agreements on what they would do grazing wise on their BLM allotments and private property. And they they got the the feds to back off. Right. And and that's why they're not listed. Yeah. In in a large part, thanks to the Wyoming stockers, they yeah. were they were a leader in that because they were headed for listing. Right. And that was going to have a huge effect not only on oil and gas but on livestock mm-hmm. industry. Yep. Well, and if anyone just heard Dave there, like had the feds back off, like that just made me all like <laughs> made me feel form, warm and fuzzy right there. Like and, that's well, and they were involved in the whole deal. Uh, that we we actually worked with with them not against them right and said okay here's what we're going to do mm-hmm. um another thing uh going back the yep. wyoming stock growers is very uh active in the uh, public lands council oh right the public lands council actually uh, 
a past president of the Wyoming Stock Growers and a Wyoming native from Rollins is the president of the Public Lands Council right now. Okay. And Niels Hansen. Yeah. He was instrumental in the sage grouse deal. Gotcha. And he runs on a lot of the BLM stuff and he, it was really close to home and he understood, he understood what he was talking about, which is crucial when uh, you're talking that kind of stuff because a lot of the feds when they're talking is talking more off the cuff and not logically. Yep. And not realistically. Yeah. Well, and, and you've got people that are like, you know, what the plan that got implemented was let's try these regions, you know, because we know this region. Yep. And, and, you know, and if it doesn't work, that was probably part of the agreement, I imagine, is if this doesn't work, then we'll do it your way. But um, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's, that's, I think a lot of people probably don't know that, is that um, that's something that you guys can work, and I should say, we should say it that way, work with the feds yep. on, oh, on those issues. We do. Actually, last week I was on a conference call with the uh, with, uh, regional forest service uh and and all of the uh the supervisors from all of the force in wyoming and, gotcha. and the stock growers and along with the wool growers we we meet with them every uh every twice a year yep twice at the conventions and uh-huh. yep. and usually we do it down in cheyenne at, at, during the legislative session which wasn't there this year so we just did it virtually yeah virtually but but we we do and, and it wasn't about a specific pro- there was no problems Talk, we were just talking forward-looking. Yep. And and are there problems that we need to be looking at? Right. But uh, back to the endangered species, the Wyoming stockers has been very involved also with the wolf and the uh, grizzly bear recovery. Yeah. And has actually have, have signed on to several um, court cases, friend, friend of the court amicus briefs. Okay. And so we do, uh, our, our goal is not to get too involved in litigation, but when we see that the need arises, we are also involved in some litigation. Sure, and I think that's something that um, let's 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 expand on the wolves and the grizzly bears a little bit because those are um, I know I think the wolves thing is I think that's I think everyone's on the same page there. I think we've got it to where we want it to be. I guess. <laughs> well, unfortunately, not everybody's on the same page. But, right. <laughs> but we're, we're where we want to be right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the fight's over. Right. Um, now grizzly bears, cause they're, that's popping up a little bit more and more. Um, what's kind of the moving forward step that you see from the stalkers for, you know, the grizzly bear population? Um, just cause I don't know. And maybe it's just the, the media across the state, I just see more and more about grizzly bears. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe they're just pushing stories, but, um, <laughs> grizzly bears are a warm, fuzzy thing to a lot of people, but they kill a lot of cattle. And, and in reality, they're recovered. I don't, if you really would be honest with yourself, no one could argue that they're not recovered. Mm-hmm. And, and so they do need to be delisted. Um, we were, involved in a, in a court case. And, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not up on it as much as I should be, but they did back off over on the Green River Cattle Association over in the Bridger Tetons. Okay. And uh, they're allowing for a little more... Uh, they, they don't just have to sit and watch them kill a cow now. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure where, they're, where it sits, but... Right. But they need to be delisted mm-hmm. completely. Well, and that was kind of the whole thing with the wolves too, was it not? I mean, it, there is a point where, and this is probably maybe where the association came in is like, look, like, like you just said, there's, they're not, um, you can't say they're not recovered. Um, and it's not like you're, you know, um, 
and again, that's where it's, you're coming to the table and say, Hey, we can, we can come to a solution where we can protect our livestock, but you know, um, protect the population of wolves. Would you say that's fair in yep. regards? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where the, that's where the trophy game area and the, and the, um, kill on site came from. Right. They set those boundaries so that they could be confident that they would always have a certain number of breeding pairs in the Yellowstone ecosystem over there. But when they get to here, they're free game. Yeah. It's like a coyote. Right. Right. Um, man, see, I'm, I'm learning so much. Cause like when I was going through your little cheat sheet there, I was like, man, you guys do so much stuff. Um, talk a little bit about, cause you said, you know, the association doesn't want to do too much on the litigation side, but that is something that it's in there in regards to that. You guys will, if it's a need, um, to do that, uh, talk, you know, if someone's like litigation, what's that mean? You kind of talked about the Amica briefs, you know, um, how does that come about? You know, is that part of the leadership or does that come up at the conventions where that's voted on of like, we need to take action? That's the leadership okay. mostly. Okay. Um, actually at our last convention, there was a certain, um, certain subject came up and we did bring it up to the membership because the timing was right and we could, and we told them what the case was, what was going on. It threatened private landowner issues and they, uh, they voted yes, this is what we want to do. Okay. Um, but typically, we don't bring suits initially. Right. We, we join into lawsuits to support uh, that, that yep. view. Whatever that, yeah. Point. Yeah. But we're, we're, not the, we're not the ones that are going out and suing people. Sure. But we don't shy away from that if it's, a, if it's something that affects our producers in Wyoming then yep then you guys will then we yep. will yep if, if it's got merit yeah and it sounds like it's still you know maybe that's more of a leadership but it's still like you just said it can come from membership and kind of oh, come from those and yeah well in a lot of it's, it's still you go right back to our policies yep. everything we do is supported by policy yeah so it's not like we just say oh we need to do that it will be in it will be in our policies right and so we're just we're just taking that and supporting our are yep. where we stand. Your, yep, your guys' mission, yeah. Um, well, is there anything, any issue that you, well, actually, no, this leads right into it. So in June, right? Okay, I always, I always get this right. In June, you'll be the acting president. Um, I will, the very last day of the convention in June is when I will take the reins. Take the reins. What is your, um, what is kind of your vision of your leadership? Like, what are, do you have anything in mind that, um, that you'd really like to try and accomplish? I mean, not like move mountains and like get something done, but is there something that, you know, is a goal of yours uh, once you're, once you're president of the association? Survive. No, <laughs> our, 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 our big deal while I'm, while in my term, the Wyoming Stockers will be celebrating their 150th anniversary, which will be, we'll, we'll do that in June of uh, 2022. 2022. Yep. And, that will be down in Cheyenne. That's where the Stark Wars actually were formed is in Cheyenne. Okay. And so we'll have it down there. Gotcha. And that's, that's going to be a big, a big deal. Okay. A big celebration. Absolutely. And uh, reason to be that. Uh, I, think they're the, I think we're the oldest organization in Wyoming. It was before statehood. Yeah. Yeah, 1872. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so, and, and, and that's where a lot of the respect comes from. Right. Yeah. Uh, Something doesn't last that long and, and not have some clout. Yes. Uh, some reason for being. 
right. so to speak. Yeah. Awesome. So, so yeah, you got the 150th in 2022. Um, I think something that, um, you can touch on this a little bit. I think, um, the first time you and I, well, and I met with you and Terry was, we were talking about membership. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, um, and I think a question to lead up to that, Dave, is if you were giving advice to maybe somebody, um, say like Nate, but maybe somebody that doesn't come from a ranching family and they somehow, that's what they want to do is they, they, you know, want to uh, raise livestock. Um, what would be your advice? And then in regards to what would be your invite, your advice in joining, uh, the Wyoming stockers too? Well, so the stockers, we have different kinds of membership. It can be an associate member of somebody that just a business who wants to support the organization. And when we have, um, regular membership, which would be for producers. Okay. And that's based on the number of livestock. So it, it, it's a, a floating, yep. a floating, floating number there. Number. Okay. And so the, the more you have, the more you pay. Right. But nobody comes out and counts your cows. It's <laughs> honor system, honor system. And, and, uh, the, the thing about what I would say to any, anybody that wants to be a member who owns livestock is you're you're getting the all of the all of the perks for free if you're not a member, which is is kind of sad because yep. you're just you're taking advantage of an organization that's doing it for you. Mm -hmm. But if you are a member, then you have the right to have input and your voice is heard. Right, and it is definitely heard in the stock wars. There's different ways to participate. If you want to go to their meetings, to their conventions, and actually participate, you're Everybody's welcome. Mm -hmm. If you if you prefer, and there's people who prefer not to do that, right? But they could still be a member, send their dues, because it doesn't run for free, and at least support it mm -hmm. for for the things that they do. Right. Um, the officers are not paid, and their travel is all on them. They're, they're, the stock wars does not pay for any of our travel. Gotcha. Even, I mean, if we if we were to ask. Yes, they would. They would buy plane tickets and stuff, but that's yeah, can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're uh, we're pretty efficient. Yeah, we're pretty efficient. We have uh, three staff members that are paid, our exec, and then two gals in the office. Um, but but I just say it's 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 a shame if you know about the stock growers and you don't pay your membership. Mm -hmm. If you don't know about them. Now you do. Yep. <laughs> Thanks to Aaron. And, Hopefully. And, and you should you should be a member um, because they work for the producer. Yeah. And like I say, those who don't, they still, we don't, we don't say, well, this doesn't affect you because you're not a member. It still affects them. Right. As a matter of fact, on a, on a fairly regular basis, there are people who call our Stuckware's office for assistance in, on an issue who aren't members. Right. And that's never a question that's asked when somebody calls is, are you a member? The, the issue is still addressed, always is, um, no matter whether they're a member or not. Awesome. And that's just how we do business. Yep. And that's, I would say that's probably very few organizations that run that way. Um, what would, um, and I mean, just listen through everything we've talked about. Um, I mean, you guys cover all, all ranges of issues that any producer would run into in Wyoming. So, I mean, there's, there's, um, you know, like you said, if, if you're a producer and you know about it, 
like I guess you know, uh, kind of almost a shame on you. And right. then, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, who am I to judge though? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then um, it, that is good to know that any you know, if you just if you're just a business, you know, not necessarily a producer, you can still support the association. Yeah. Um, what would be your message though to somebody? Uh, this is the first time they've learned about the association. They're looking at becoming a producer. Um, you know, what's your advice? Not necessarily joining the association, but what's your advice? If they're if they're stepping out and taking that risk to to uh, um, enter that lifestyle, that that is a, a a scary thing for a young person to to think about. Um, the stock growers have a what they call the YPA. It's the Young Producers Assembly, and it's people that are forty and under, and it's getting pretty large. Okay, which is a good thing because yeah. they they used to say well. We're not going to go to the meetings because that's just all the old gray-haired people. <laughs> and uh, it's we're, we're, we're starting to get an influx of some younger producers, which is really encouraging because yeah. that's what you got to have. I yeah. don't care whether it's a stock wars or any other organization. If you don't have youth coming in pretty quick, they're all going to get old and die. Yep, right, exactly. And and so, uh, but but for that young producer, um, if, there's, if they had questions on where to turn, where to go, um, we have some we have some things, and and those other young producers would be great sources to visit with because right. we've got some young producers that are that have stepped out there and and uh, kind of did it in a pretty scary way, and they're getting it done. Yeah, and that would be a great source. Awesome for them to to tap into. Yeah, I think uh, Becky Podio out of Newcastle said that she's probably a member of that. She was Could former be. Miss Wyoming um, out of Newcastle. Oh, um, I think you're right. I think Nathan talked about her. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but okay, cool. So the Young Producers Assembly, mm-hmm. um, and that's part of the association. Uh-huh. Um, let me see here. Anything else you want to discuss as, as you know, related to stock growers? Because then we'll kind of dig into, um, you know, in, you know, uh, personal producing type stuff, not necessarily stockers, but well, just mem- membership is, a, is, is tough. They're egg, egg people aren't ones to go out and solicit stuff. And I'm the world's worst. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that it, membership is, is tough. It's an issue. Um, we're, we struggle with it. Well, I think probably every organization does. Right. Um, we have started a campaign, um, to where we we're hoping to get enough money raised to where we can hire a marketing person gotcha. to help us with membership. Yeah. Um, but we struggle. Right. We struggle with that. So so sign up if you're a young producer or any producer, any producer there's, in, in Wyoming. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Awesome. You can always use your help. Yeah. And well, and I, I do want to hit on one thing before we kind of dig into some other stuff, Dave, is like... Um, it sounds like the the leadership side, right? Because you talked about being a regional and then like committees, like mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to call, you know, the president, Dave Keene, you know, when end of June comes around, you know, to have your answer, you know, um, any questions or any issues. Like you've got, there's probably regional members, there's, there's committee members, um, most likely near you, wherever you are in the state, that you can ask before you, oh, you yeah. know, work up the tree. Yeah, and and if you if you have an issue and and you don't know who to call, call me. But call the stalker's office. Yep. And somebody will answer the phone. Yeah. And you will get an answer. Awesome. It's yeah. It's not. A, it's this isn't some secret society. We're, <laughs> we're we're there to help our members. Right. Like you said, you probably uh, more than half of the calls are probably people that aren't members. So. Yeah, I don't know about half, but, <laughs> but there's. 
it's surprising. Yeah. Because you, you would think that well, I'm a member, I'll call. Mm-hmm. But, but people know about the stock growers and just call because they had an issue. Yep. And even though they weren't a member. Which is good, but then... <laughs> well, they know that it, but they know that it will get addressed. Yeah. Which is a, is a kind of a feather in our cap that people trust it mm-hmm. to, to happen. Yeah. So... No, that's great. Um, so, okay, I want to change gears just a tad. Um, this one might not be, but you are also on some national um, committees as well outside of being a part of the Wyoming Stock Growers Association. So the national, I'm going to, hopefully I get this right, National Cattlemen Beef Association. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about that, or is that in conjunction with being a part of the association? That's in conjunction with being part of the, Okay. We're an affiliate of the NCBA, I'll call it. Okay. And as, as part of leadership, then I am more involved with NCBA um, in their goings on. Gotcha. Yeah. Is that just, so that's probably the national stuff anytime that there's some federal things and things like that. Yeah. Okay. They, they do all their stuff out of Washington, D.C. Gotcha. And they, they are, they have the ears of the, they've, they've got a really good uh, lobby good uh, group there. Awesome. Okay. So that's part of the leadership part of the mm-hmm. stock growers association. It okay. Is. So it that's is. good. Um, so as a producer, I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit about, um, you know, I think some people, um, even though they may be from here from, you know, kind of, you know, um, from Wyoming, so you're surrounded by a lot of livestock producers, but talk a little bit about some programs like uh, the Never Three um, Gap, um, some other things that producers can be a part of that help um, sell your product and kind of help explain to any consumer about, look, we don't put antibiotics in our in our cattle. We don't give them hormones. We don't do these things, um, which I think might surprise a lot of people that 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 it actually happens here in Wyoming. Cause I think some people just are either they just don't know or they just don't want to know. So kind of talk a little bit about that. And, may, and if you want to, I know sometimes it's, um, you know, it is personal. This is your guys's business, but, um, maybe talk a little bit about those programs that, um, somebody could be a part of. Sure. Uh, yeah, we don't keep that many secrets. Okay. <laughs> um, but it has been working well for us. Uh, so what we do, well, and I don't want to start another. So I'm, most people have heard of COOL, Country of Origin Labeling. Okay. And there's a lot of discussion whether that's good or bad. Um, the World Trade Organization deemed it not fair to the other countries, so they took it, took it away. Okay. And there's voluntary COOL and mandatory COOL. But, and I, I only mention that because Country of Origin Labeling is telling the consumer what they're buying. Right. Okay, so what we do is we we are doing that in a different way. Gotcha. So when our calves, before our calves leave the ranch, we put a agent, it's an eight called an agent source tag. It's an ID tag in their ear that is unique to that animal. And it is actually recorded in a database that is actually in the U, you know, USDA. Okay. They, they have it there. Gotcha. And then with that number in that animal's ear, we enter that animal in programs. And we, we certify that they are free of antibiotics, free of hormones, 
and we have auditors that come and, and double check. Double check. <laughs> so, now with that being said, if we have a sick animal and we use antibiotics, we identify that animal. They're out of this. They're out of that program. Gotcha. So that doesn't mean we can't use antibiotics, but we use them responsibly, and we we document which ones have that, so that they're not sold as being antibiotic free. Gotcha. And the same way hormones, we just don't use hormones, so that's easy. Yeah. They're all hormone free. Mm-hmm. And then a, 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 a third thing that we add to our, well, then uh, there's uh, BQA, Beef Quality Assurance. And that is uh, a program that you you go through and you you certify that you know how to give a shot, where to give a shot in an animal and how to handle an animal and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And so we, the, ours, ours are all, we've all been through the BQA training, so that's part of it too. But then the, the other thing that we do is it's, it's GAP, and it's with, that's Global Animal Partnership. And what they, they send an auditor out, and they ask a lot of questions. It's more on the animal welfare side. Okay. Um, do you provide shelter? Do you provide water? Do you, how do you handle them? Um, they go out and look at our handling equipment. Sure. And they keep track. We also, on, our, on all of our audits, we keep track of our feed labels. So whenever we buy feed, whether it be mineral or uh, a grain product or whatever, we keep those labels and we have them on file for them to look and see what is in that feed. Okay. And so that's all part of that audit. Gotcha. And so we can verify everything that those animals have ever been exposed to everything they've ever ingested. And when we sell them, they're sold with that certification so that that person that buys those, if they want to know, they can follow that back, that, that number, that tag that was in that animal's ear, they can follow, that comes back to here. All the way to you guys. Here. Wow. And, and, and so, but when we do that, when we sell them, we, we sell them to another producer who would fatten them. And so he has to be certified. His operation has to be certified also. Right. That he's not using antibiotics and, and so on. Hormones and all those, yep. And, and, but through the, through the paperwork, they can be traced. They can be followed back to the source. Gotcha. And so when I, when I started this conversation, I talked about age and source. Mm-hmm. Okay, the source is the ranch. The age, back in the day especially... Japan wouldn't take anything that was over 20 months of age. They were worried about um, mad cow disease. Right, okay. Well, this also talks about age. So we can, we can verify age and source. Gotcha. To the consumer. And, and then we have all of these different... Um, other certifications. Yep. Other certifications that let a good portion of our meat goes to Whole Foods. Okay. And those people, wow. it's important to them yeah. to know where it, comes, where it from. comes from. Yeah. And they're willing to pay extra for that knowledge. Absolutely. And if people are willing to pay for it, then I'm willing to go ahead and provide it to them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how we market ours. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, it doesn't fit their operation or they don't want to be told what to do or whatever. But for us, it didn't really change our operation. Yeah. Because that's what we were doing anyway. We're just letting people know that's what we do. Right. And they're paying the extra premium yep. to know. 
Awesome. So that's what we do. So that's that's my that's how I handle cool country okay. of origin labeling. We're doing it personally. Yeah. And you can. There's different uh, businesses out that actually do that. Gotcha. And they they have to be uh, approved by the USDA. Okay. Because it it it's not just a it's not just somebody has an idea and say oh, I'm going to say these are good. It's actually monitored by the USDA. Yeah, right. Because you were talking about it's, you know, it's that's how they're tracking it, which which makes sense. Someone's got to be making sure they're (laughs) right. It's not just a I said she said kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Does the um, I I'm curious. Does the stock growers help anybody with those questions if they want to try and enter those things, or would that be more of like a kind of like a 4-H or just uh, um, or just through the USDA? I'm just curious. I'm just, um, I was just it's it's a marketing thing. Okay. Um, but it's not anything that the stock growers has pushed because okay. of our membership markets in so many different ways. Sure. And so we don't really push a specific marketing right. plan. And I get that. Yeah. But, but at our, at our conventions there, we have a lot of really great speakers on marketing would be one of them and on a lot of other topics, mm. educational topics. Yep. And this, and, this and is I kinda... think this would be a good one f- to be discussed. Yep. Sure. And that's, um, I was going to, uh, my lead up question to that for like members, cause no one, cause no one can just show up to the convention. Um, or can anyone show up to those conventions? You have to register. Okay. Yeah. So at least, so, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm just thinking, you know, that's, this is where it's like, if you're not a member, you know, you're missing out on some of these, this info very, and the education. Very, very so, much so. Um, and the other thing about our conventions too, is we have quite a trade show. It's, it's a pretty good trade show. Right. There's a lot of, lot awesome. of uh, people come and, and show their their stuff. Their, yeah, all the equipment and all that stuff. Yep. And, yep. yep. Um, Vaccine companies, equipment. There's a gal that brings jewelry every year that has quite a following. Wow. The tur- big turquoise stuff and whatnot. Awesome. <laughs> I see you don't get any of that. <laughs> but Terry does. Yeah. I mean, no. I... That's that's where I buy birthday gifts. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's see. I'm trying to. Do you have anything else you want to add, Dave? Or I mean, this is your. I think we went through all my questions. I'll be real honest with you. Um. Uh, the only thing I would say is, you know, just reminder that the convention, the summer convention, will be here in Sheridan. Yep. Um, June. Second through the sixth, fourth, second, second through the fourth, mm-hmm. um, and then um, that will be the summer convention. There's always a winter convention, and then 2022 will be a big year because then it'll be the 150th, and then that will be down in Cheyenne. Yep. Um, and then uh, you know you guys are always looking for new members, um, and, and like you said, just if you're curious, if you're a young producer, they've got the Young Producers Assembly, um, or you know, just reach out to the stock growers itself. Um, I do want to just kind of plug them too. So we mentioned the Wyoming Taxpayers Association was kind of a brainchild of the Stock Growers Association. Um, another thing that's also a wonderful group is the Wyoming Stock Growers Land Trust. Um, maybe just explain what they do differently than the stock growers. I know they're different, but just... Um, well, the stock growers started that land trust 20 years ago. So fairly new mm-hmm. in retrospect to some other, yeah. some other I think groups. it's already the lar- the ninth largest in the nation f- as far as holding acres. Acres, wow. But it's a, it, conservation easements, they hold the easements. And uh, the stock growers set it up. It's, it's different than a lot of the other... 
other conservation other conservation groups. Yep. And that it's conserving ag land. And it's all about ag land. Gotcha. And that's where its focus is, and that's what its specialty is. Mm-hmm. And uh, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's really taken off. Yeah, we were. Um, I know Tate Smith, who's the yeah. he's he might still be the intern director or whatever. He's, but. The, he's the interim director. Actually, he's not. They they've filled the position. Okay. But he's still there. And, yeah. Yep. Because um, he was talking about, um, him and I were talking about that you guys are working on uh, kind of some of the property near Wolf Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he said that was just, um, I could tell that he's very passionate about that. Yeah. It'll be really cool because that will be preserved um, agriculture land. Yeah. Um, and I think, so anyways, well, that'll be a different, that okay. might be him or the director, but um I wanted to do that plug because that was also something yeah. that the Stalker Arts has yeah. been a part of. Um, where, um, I'm trying to think of kind of some last things. Um, just kind of for the listeners out there, if they've listened all the way through, Dave, what are um, what are your big, uh, or what do you know to be true because your family's been a part of it, but kind of reemphasize the goal and the mission of the Stalkerers Association. Um and, and, um, you know, why it's important to the state, I guess, and why it's important to, um, producers. Well, I think you just hit on something really important there. Agriculture is, is the, the, one of the top three industries in the state and year in and year out, ag is here. Mm-hmm. When the industry and just, when the tourism industry fails a little bit, ag's still here. When the mining industry, energy industry took a hit, ag's still here. It's, it's the rock. And to preserve that is critical. And, and I think something we didn't really touch on today, but something that is even more critical as far as I'm concerned, is succession in ranches mm. and, and getting that ranch on. Um, with land values the way they are right now, it's... I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it is really, really tough for someone to get started in ag mm-hmm. unless they already have a, a big bank account. Yep. It's just, ag land is not selling for production value right now. Right. And so I think succession is very important, tough. Dealing with families is always tough. Yep. And I don't know, that's something, and that's something that we have... Through the stockers has uh, spent a lot of time on at some of their meetings is um, having people there giving ideas on succession. Uh, not everything works. Not one thing works for everybody. Right. Uh, different things work different ways, but critically important. Sure. Uh, well, let's go on that for a little bit, actually, because yeah, because. Uh, one families in itself are you know dealing with families is you you know your family is difficult but then add in top of it that it's a business as well and then some of these like like you you're you know fourth generation you know that's um I now now, now luckily you've got you know it, it's still passing on to you know, at least you know the legacy is going. But yeah. for people, that's probably what you're talking about is the conventions have talked to families that look. You know, um, if there is no, you know, a succession plan, right, then, like you said, then then it's either you got to find some of these young producers that want to start it or, you know, and, then, and you know, and that's like we just said, that's difficult in itself because it's a business and then family business. So um, what have you... Um, is there something that um, at one of the conventions that you've heard from somebody that really stuck with you or maybe you've seen it in your family because, you know, 
you've got a legacy, you know, fourth generation. So it's obviously working out. So maybe what's to end out, what's kind of something you've seen, um, that stuck with you in regards to this topic of, you know, uh, or, and maybe it's, I'm trying to phrase my question better, but, um, advice, I guess, on this topic that you've seen either from your family or that you've seen, you know, someone say that you were like, you know, that's, um, that was a good point. Communication. Um, it is so easy not to talk about something. In fact, that's the easiest thing to do. Not necessarily the best. Mm. Um, you have to have those uncomfortable conversations before they become a bigger issue. A big blow up. Yeah. And that's tough because it's family. And if it's really uncomfortable, then you don't want to talk about it because it's family. Mm-hmm. And you have to deal, and and you still go to you still work side by side. This, that same day. Yep. And so it's tough, but you can't bury your head in the sand because it will not go away. I guarantee you, we're all going to die. And Uncle Sam's sitting there waiting with his hand out. Yep. And so how how you do it? Uh, it's I think it's really important to in, uh, involve a um, estate planner. Yeah, a mediary of sorts. Yep. Mm-hmm. To uh, maybe an accountant to. Uh, give advice mm-hmm. um, you can have the idea but then just bounce it off of somebody right because maybe your good idea that you thought you had isn't a good idea work. yeah <laughs> it, yeah it wasn't necessarily a good idea yeah but way better to find that out sooner rather than later sure um, but I know it's communication yeah and yep. the older generation <laughs> Okay, I'm getting closer to that now. <laughs> Doesn't like to communicate. Well, and I it, think it's you don't want to you don't want to cause more angst. Sure. Than there already might be, mm-hmm. or even if there's not, if there's not, then something's not being said. Ooh, that was the good too. The younger generation wants to have. They they think they plan ahead. Mm-hmm. I would hope they would. Right. <laughs> so they're they're thinking of the future. Some of so, us, yeah. <laughs> so. You just you got to talk. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the answer is we're not going to do anything. Well, at least the younger generation needs to know that. Yeah. And or they need to know that you know what you're going to have to sell probably more than half the ranch to pay the taxes that are going to be due because I'm not doing anything. Mm. But those are things that don't go away by not talking about them. Yeah. And so it's critical. Not a, not comfortable, but critical. Right. If in fact. And, and to me, legacy is important. That's yeah. That's what I'm about. Awesome. Uh, no, that was. I don't think I could have. That was wonderful answer. Communication, and then um, I think you hit on. You know um, what you said was uh, if nothing, if if it's all comfortable, you know something's not being said. Yeah. Um, and then um, I think that's important too. And you mentioned that the stockers have had people in and speakers oh, yeah. is get someone. You, you know to bounce ideas off of, but I think that's also like, they're kind of the mediary too. Like you've got, you've got someone that's not family that can kind of ride the ships if there's, you, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, if you get serious enough about it, that would be what, but at least just involve your, like your accountant. Say, if I do this, what, do, what, what happens? If yeah. this happens, what are the consequences? Just start talking. Yeah. Uh, not just with family, but somebody. Right. Because, it's not going to just jump out and, and happen mm-hmm. until that older generation makes the makes the decision to do something. Sure, and uh, 
the sooner you do it, the easier it is. Yeah. As far as getting things, if you if you want to start transferring stuff ahead of time, uh, sooner. Sooner is better than later. At least to start with. Yep. yep. Have a plan. Maybe, yeah. Maybe the plan is we're not going to do anything for ten more years. Well, there's your plan. But right. Just wait for ten more years and see what happens because you might die. Yeah. Yeah. Something could happen in ten years. Yeah. And, and then that <laughs> legacy you wanted to pass on, it might not happen. Right. And that's sad. Yeah. If in fact nobody in the in the next generation is interested in it, and if that's what's going to happen, fine. But You've had if that conversation. What, if that's yep. what you want to happen, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But it would be a shame to not let it ha- to not happen because you just were afraid to talk about it because you right. didn't want to rile somebody's feathers. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's um, you know I think that's a great thing to end on because that's um, I think when I met with you and Terry the first time about this idea about this show that was that's one of the things is we don't have conversations and we don't have this tough, this tough conversation of you have to go have tough conversations in regards right. to secession. And, yep. um, so, um, that was great. I think, I think we'll end on that. Um, Dave, I, I want to say thanks again for letting us come, come out here. Um, we'll probably, um, we'll get some, some video clips of the ranch cause I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I ever came out here for the, the brandings or anything in high school. I, I don't remember. you. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but it's not too late. Yeah. I, dang it. See, I told you, to, I told you guys I, I was going to leave the window open. Um, well, maybe we'll send, when's the last time we've had uh, the high school kids out here? I don't know if we've uh, sent the football team out here in a while. You know, actually we had the football team out here not working. I had a bonfire for them. Okay. After the regular season before the playoffs when Nate was a senior. Okay. Yeah. That's been a while though. So we've that was in twelve. So there's there's some nine years ago. Yeah. So the, so there. But we do get some high school kids come out and help us brand every. Sure. Time. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll yeah. we'll see if we can do the coaches and stuff again too and come out here. But uh, yeah. but anyways, thanks for letting us out here and. Um, uh, we will have you on again for sure. I know um, if we can meet up, I know summer gets busy, but um, thanks we'll again for time. thanks for letting us come out here and um, and uh, yeah, talking the stock growers is great. Well, thanks thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out. I, I enjoyed this. Thanks.